America's public enemy number one. Symbiosis now. Tyler Colombero here. Allison Colombero here. People are talking about Kanye for president. Are they fucking serious? Mostly no, but I think a lot of people are. It's to be determined whether or not he is even serious. Yeah. So, according to what we know, he has claimed to be like running for president. Like, this is, like, the fourth, fifth, maybe sixth time he's announced that he wanted to do this. I remember he said this, like, in, like, 2016, I could have sworn. For sure I've heard him, like, I'm not a hardcore Kanye fan, but I, I know for sure that he said it before, and that people that are Kanye fans uh, are well aware that he has done this multiple times. Um, and then also we learned that he has not yet filed any, like, official paperwork in order to become, like, even in the running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, until he takes action, like, really? Like, with paperwork? It's, like, still another It just kind of shows fanhood if there's support behind that, right? I kinda. guess. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense to And me. there's a, there's a lot of really realistic people out there. Most people, I think, listening would say, you know, I'm a Kanye fan, but that's because of his music. And because like of his art, and I do not think that he would be a good president. You know, I think I think a lot of people are pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that will not be a thing, but we will see. Well, I feel like I was tripping out because we were watching a Vice video earlier, documentary, of course, on how a lot of things in China are kind of going crazy in the sense of a lot of people go missing and put into, they call them re-education camps. Yes. And then just by the means in which they're making that happen is alarming because they're essentially got police asking people like nonstop in the streets for paperwork documentation. Are you Muslim? They ask them like basically, are you, are you this ethnicity? Are you anything besides basically Chinese and it's kind of crazy like so many cameras you guys got to watch the documentary but either way it's just kind of that mentality kind of show that video those types of videos show such dystopia as what is our goal here in america with such a fascist police state and us kind of just still like in the wake of this like what's going on with all that you know well are we making headway or what's going on you know yeah um i've came across an article now that is from november of just last year so not even a year ago data leak reveals how china brainwashes uyghurs in prison camps so uyghurs is uh spelled u-i-g-h-u-r-s and it's um an ethnic minority that is mostly muslim and targeted for terrorism like uh, the Chinese government says that they are terrorists and that they need to basically shut them down type of type of mentality is what I got from the documentary and Sketch. from the multiple things that we've been now reading and stuff so from this uh, 
article from the BBC, leaked documents detail for the first time China's systematic brainwashing of hundreds of thousands of Muslims in a network of high-security prison camps. The Chinese government has consistently claimed that the camps in the far western Jinying region, I'm sorry, I'm butchering that, it's X-I-N-J-I-A-N-G region, offer voluntary education and training. But official documents seen by BBC Panorama show how inmates are locked up, indoctrinated, and punished. China's UK ambassador dismissed the documents as fake news. The leak was made to the International Consortium consortium of investigative journalists and which has worked with 17 media partners including bbc panorama and the guardian newspaper the investigation has found new evidence which undermines beijing's claim that the detention camps which have been built across xinjiang in the xinjiang, xinjiang in the past three years are for voluntary re-education purposes to encounter extremism to mm. counter extremism voluntary about a million people, mostly hmm. from the Muslim Uyghur community, are thought to have been detained without trial. The leaked Chinese government documents, which the IJIC have labeled the China Cables, include a nine-page memo sent out to the 2017 uh, by Zhu Halin, the deputy secretary for Xinjiang's Communist Party and the region's top security official to those who run the camps. The instructors make it clear that the camps should be run as high-security prisons with strict discipline, <coughs> punishments, and no escapes. Well, like these are, it's clear and it's now known fact that these are not voluntary. It's a million people or more, and they're called re-education camps, vocational camps. Um, and then the question came up in the documentary that we were watching too: is what happens to the children of the adults that are taken to these camps? They are put in re-education camps also, but they call them kindergartens. Mm-hmm. But they're like of multiple ages, like myriad of ages kind of, and there's just like a bunch of kids like on every day of the week, just there, never leave. Never. Like the, in, the journalist showed they how leave. they waited till the end of the day to see if parents would come and pick any kids up. Nobody ever came or left, and it was also a Sunday. Like, the fact that there's kids there at this kindergarten, quote-unquote, on a Sunday. Sketch. Yeah. It's sketch to watch uh, journalists try to be journalists in China or in certain countries where they do not allow information to be conducted, like, observation to be conducted even, really, to take back to anywhere because there's clearly operations going on. Like, like if, if the Tiananmen Square massacre didn't happen... I mean, it, I mean, I'm saying if it wasn't media size, like somehow recorded and blasted out, uh, the world would not have known about that. And I think China, the Chinese government would have been very happy if the world would not have known about that. And I think after things like that, they go, okay, that's it. No one can see shit coming out of here because they, they, they're going to stick their fucking nose where it don't belong. It sounds kind of ironic, don't it? it sounds kind of American, don't it? it? Sounds kind of imperialistic, don't it? Right. It's, it's kind of similar terrifying. in some ways. It's why these are things to where to our country and our leaders and our government. You know, that's why it's dangerous and it's very, yeah. We're aware that China is much more strict than here. Here we have Clearly. the freedom to even be having this conversation. But Clearly. what we're trying to ponder 
and be open-minded to, which I think a lot of people should consider, is the possibility that this is a road that we could go down. Because when we were watching this documentary about it's the annihilation of the entire culture, essentially. The re-education camps for the adults and the kids are basically meant to destroy any trace of Uyghur left in them to where they just identify Their as culture, Chinese. Any part of culture that is left in them. Yeah, like that's yeah. what that's what Allison's saying. It's 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 a type of culture. It's Uyghur. It's not, I mean, I just feel like most people probably haven't heard of that. So I'm just saying like, not to be disrespectful, well, yeah. no, I'm just No, I already like, said though that the Uyghur is it's, the it's, ethnic yeah. minority that is majority Muslim that is targeted in China that at it, they're trying to annihilate their culture. Right. And it's, I said how it's spelled earlier too. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to act like people but, should know. I'm it's no, just, just like, the big scheme of it, too, is that ultimately, like, there is a fascist government in place to basically strip a culture from a type of people to be only brainwashed, essentially, to think Chinese or think Chinese government or think Chinese history or yeah. whatever. No, it's so not it's as... very similar as Americanizing people in America. They just want you to think of American policies and American presidents and American slavery and American white supremacy and American <laughs> Yeah, I mean when they were walking past one of the kindergartens, they even recorded and so we listened to the hundreds of kids standing there saying, "When they ask you, what are you?" and you what do you say? "I am Chinese." Yeah, well, it's crazy to hear uh, that, yeah. I will do anything to protect my country type of thing. Like, literally, and it's uh, now, according to that documentary we watched, this article, many others, they're being documents. Bra- they're being brainwashed, like that, some Nazi Germany footage or some shit like that that you would see. I mean, they are being brainwashed. I pray to God that they're not also, like, killing a lot of them, but I know, like, they are. Obviously, they, like there's obviously always bad shit going on behind the scenes. But what we do know for sure is that there's over a million people that are that ethnic minority that is pronounced Uyghur right. that are being held against their will without trial right. in, quote, vocational or, quote, re-education centers. And the adults go to the vocational ones and the children go to what they call kindergartens. And they're super, super strict. They never, ever let them leave. The goal of programs, in my opinion, should be to get people out of them. Like, whether that's in a drug rehabilitation, whether that's jail, whether that's a kid in a timeout. Then they graduate to be on their own. Yeah, like, the goal should be to have that individual, like, be able to be on their own. Exactly. So, to have... Then now it's, like, really sick because the fact that they have all the children also... And they're not letting them stay with their family. In fact, when family gets the children, they're like, oh, you know what? We're going to take your grandma and grandpa, too, and put them in a camp. Because now they're a threat to our uh, Chinese culture, essentially. I don't, it's, it is yeah, some yeah, like really, really things. strict, yeah. really, really strict things. And then like here in America, we do have freedom of religion. But there is obviously an overwhelming dominating sense of either uh, Christianity or Catholicism and anybody who identifies as otherwise is looked at as different whether that's in a good or bad way people I mean it's undeniable in God we trust on the you know Jesus and everything everything it's undeniable I don't even need to prove myself no I get you come on guys we all know it um it's like that classic 
Yeah, say there, Sonny. There's some daggum hoodlums talking about a bunch of liberal leftist bullshit. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. So, uh, it's crazy, too, in a really scary way because what they're doing to the children there and trying to, like, quote, re-educate them is, like, similar to what is now known about the adoption process here in the United States. Whoever's listening, I really encourage you to look into the history of adoption and how it has a... One major root of adoption is a white savior complex, and it was a lot of white people getting ethnic babies thinking that they were doing the right thing when really it's like those babies would have been fine with their mom and dad in whatever village or place in the world or down the street. Like, you know, in not every case of uh, CPS was actually a case where the child needed to be removed from the home. Um, and th- that is obviously, I mean, it's not known to a lot of people, but it's something that we should all know about. And it is common knowledge now, like it's available to the public. It's not a conspiracy. It's really scary to learn about the history of adoption and CPS in the United States. So when you think about what we were talking about with the Uyghur uh, culture being annihilated, and they take their children and put them in these kindergartens to teach them that they need to only be Chinese, that's literally the same thing that happens or has happened and doesn't happen as commonly now supposedly but like has happened time and time again in the United States with the adoption process of a white family ending up with a ethnic baby that they think that the baby needed to be with them but the baby would have been fine with mom and dad at home right it's these it's uh, culture norms and societal differences and you know it, 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 it's way too complicated for me to break down, but something I would like to break down in a different podcast about the adoption process and stuff, the history of that. It's terrifying. It's terrifying because America is very nationalistic. Every, and, I think uh, most countries have their nationalism, and there's a place for that, I suppose. No one can deny that, I suppose. Of course. But it's to this extent of this, in this hypocritical way, too. American nationalism. It just, it's so, and exploitive too. It's just so ridiculous, you know? Yeah. To defend, you know, the hardworking, free, and brave, but then everyone shits on the hardworking. And, and the brave are what it means basically just following orders. Is that really bravery? I mean, I was just following orders, man. I didn't mean to do it. I, I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't following orders, man. I had a license to kill or I had a license to be told what I'm doing. I had a license to, to shoot at people in case they fucking run. I, did, I had to damn. put aside if it was a man, woman, child, elderly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it was someone's kid. You know, I had to think like, nope, this person is disobeying me right now. So I'm going to have to have this gun on my hip. I said stop. Like, what the fuck? Some heroic-ass shit, I guess, huh? Yeah, it's terrifying. It makes me think a lot about the power, power, what it means to have power. Yeah. And when we in America go into other countries, or even when we started colonizing here on this soil, we thought we knew better. 
And that is something that we all have to acknowledge in order to heal from it because it's like, man, if we don't acknowledge that, there is no healing those wounds. It's, it's a huge part of it is acknowledging slavery, obviously, but it's also acknowledging like the annihilation of native people that were here before we were here. Uh, enslaving black people was terrible. That should have never happened and that needs reparation. In addition to that, the native people that were here deserve reparation. And what that means, I don't know. It's not just money. It's not just shutting people up with money. It's not just giving those those native you know, say tribes just some reservation land that's kind of just like the inferior land that the government didn't really want. Right. Yeah. It's disrespectful as fuck. When they go, uh, the government would go and farm on land and then kind of ruin it low-key, high-key, and then say, oh, no, you can have this land. It's like, wow, we have to now heal this land. This land is my land. This land is, is your land. land. I'm going to fuck up the soil and oh my go God. to Mars, man. From California. <laughs> Wear a mask. This, this is land. America. Fuck yeah. It's so ridiculous. Uh, it's like, it just doesn't make sense. It's just, oh my goodness. But hey, fuck me and all my liberalism <laughs> bullshit. Like, it's like a, it's I, so funny because I don't even consider myself a liberal. It's so crazy. We talk about kind of political shit sometimes, but I feel like we're kind of more independent in that in that zone. And I feel like there, there was like a mandatarian party, but then it's like, no, I feel like there's got to be like an, an ecologist like basically or something like someone that cares about that kind of the ecosystem itself and how everything kind of makes sense when you look at it from a natural perspective more that party that political party can answer a lot of questions (laughs) you know how we just sang that song right now yeah okay i gotta uh i gotta play something you gotta play something play it it's less than a minute long okay (laughs) it's me okay okay If tomorrow all the things were gone You worked for all your life And you had to start again With just your children and your wife Which wouldn't really be starting again That's the privilege to still even have that But okay, let's keep going I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Thank your lucky stars. Uh oh, sorry. <laughs> Cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. <laughs> the flag still stands for freedom. From whom and for what? And who is they? Who can't take that away? Like yeah, who like who's <laughs> the threat? Like almost as if it's like always like as if like like America's always wielding the gun. Like I feel threatened. I feel threatened. Oh my God, you're so. Oh right. my God, I'm going to pull my. I feel threatened, so I feel the duty to pull my weapon out and use it with force. And a lot of times they also say in the name of God. 
Oh. And it's so, uh, yeah, dude. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, in God we trust. You God bless. So God funny. bless America, my people. What Tyler's referencing what is something we talked about earlier. The video <laughs> of the guy. Just Google guy in red shirt. I feel threatened. I'm sure it'll yeah, come Yeah, I'm up. sure it's pretty easy to it's find. It's just a couple <laughs> seconds long of this asswipe in Walmart or something <laughs> where somebody told him that he had to wear a mask and he bitched out and then he ends up lashing out at a guy next to him that I think was Indian. But so like I'm it was not unrelated. Sure he was a minority it, though. It it's was important. Unre- it was unrelated though to like why he was originally pissed off though, right? Like he was mad because someone was like that's what I just said. Somebody asked him to wear a mask, and he didn't. And then he ended up lashing out on somebody next to him for, that was a person not from here, I guess. Or he thought was from not from here. He's like, okay? hey, you. He's hey, like, you. he picked a minority. Attention, away from me. And this, uh, the, the asshole guy was wearing a red shirt that said uh, something free since 1776 or something like that. Like, this oh. guy was all America <laughs> AF. And basically, when he's arguing with the guy... Of course he, he the, that ...who happens to be a minority, but of course he turns and finds a minority to lash out at. That's the problem here, okay? He walks towards him, and he's saying, I feel threatened! I feel threatened! Like, uh, and then, so then, upon further investigation, he had a gun on him... So he was making it known to as many people around him as possible, I feel threatened, I feel threatened, as he's walking closer, though. So it doesn't make any sense. If you feel threatened, why don't you just go away? So essentially, for for the viewer, like, if you don't understand why he's going, I feel threatened, and you think, oh, maybe this white guy's just kind of crazy or something. Well, he is, but he's also crazy because then, therefore, with a concealed carry weapons permit, if you if there's a threat, there's a reason to use the firearm. You know, but it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, this isn't kindergarten where you get to like, st- I don't know. That is claim terrifying. something all no, of a sudden, yeah. and like, no, that it was clear after the fact that he was making it known that he quote felt threatened so that he could use his firearm if he wanted to or if he felt like he needed to, and it's the same thing that happened with the white lady that pulled her gun on the family that was black, and then. She said, oh, it was because I felt threatened. And they're like, what the fuck? You did not need to pull a gun on us. Like, what is this? Back up, back up, please. Right. And then, oh, my God. Oh, my God. To give somebody a gun. I'm not, like, anti-gun. But I do have a huge issue with just people blase carrying a gun around and then just having to decide at the moment's notice, like, that they needed to use it. Because it happens time and time and time again where they did not have good judgment. In fact, they hurt somebody with it when they didn't need to. It's beautiful in a sense, too, because, like, there's so many men out there that are good men that I know that hold, you know, they carry. And they're good men. And they they would be, I trust them, you know. They don't drink purposely a lot because they, like, realize, like, that they have to be aware. Things like that. They don't use any substances. They don't, you know, they stay aware. They just, oh, man. But... I think that for the most of the population, most people mentally cannot handle that kind of Probably decision. should not have a gun. Especially with, I mean, with no training. I mean, you could say, well, they got a concealed carrying weapons permit. But, dude, people get that all the time and people flaunt that. I mean, I've had people at the local grocery store here in town tell someone, I got a freaking CCW, fool. You better get the fuck out of here. You know, like shit like that. So it's kind of like. Why would you say things like that? It doesn't make sense. 
I think it's always this kind of big dick nature, but it's weird because I think that people should have every right to defend themselves. So it's a strange line. Uh, but really, in the modern world, most people aren't trying to attack each other. Depends on where you're at. I see the police usually being the people that are most likely provoke an attack against you. In the modern yeah. world, it seems like around, uh, I don't know, rural and urban areas, it seems. I mean, people still like fuck with people, no doubt. But it's kind of interesting. Everyone kind of fears the cops. No one wants to get pulled over. Everyone's looking in their rearview mirror. You know, every you, and and if you say no, bullshit. I see you on the ninety nine. I see you cruising, and all of a sudden, oh, now everyone's going. You know, they're just keeping it eighty miles per hour. They're just keeping it at eighty instead of ninety nine miles per hour down the ninety nine because the CHP's in the left lane cruising down. Oh, all of a sudden, everyone wants to pull over the middle lane. Oh, all of a sudden, huh? You know, he doesn't have the lights on. Everyone gets afraid. No one wants to get pulled over. Well, no one gets a ticket, Tyler. No one wants to get a ticket. I get that. But also, you don't want to get pulled over. You want to get the time for that shit. And then a lot of people, they're on probation. They don't want to get fucking pulled over and get searched right now. They don't want to, they're on their way to work, man, or some shit. That's the life that people think while they're driving down the fucking freeway or down the street. That's what's going through a lot of folks' mind. That's a weird state to be in, though, to fear what you were supposed to be. Uh, a service that protects and serves the society, but most people do fear the police. You know, you don't. <laughs> most people don't call them unless I don't know. There's nothing else to call. It's kind of like the gang. That's like, oh, you can deal with this gang then if you don't want to listen to me. I guess. Damn, this is all my other, my only other option that I pay tax dollars for. But they'll mishandle the situation, and those folks will have to deal with them mishandling the situation. I try to do the right thing. That's when you call the cops, I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, you obviously want to try to not, but then that's the right. problem is that there are so many people that either do when they didn't necessarily need to, and then people die because of it. Mostly based off of ethnic minorities, black people getting shot because they're a black guy walking down the street. That doesn't make any fucking sense. That's a huge issue. But then beyond the race part of it there's just a misconception with what cops are there for and what they're meant to protect you from like the times that I've called the police in my life I've had to reflect on them and think about whether or not it was right to call them and what that experience was like and I think everybody should think about their experiences with the police and uh, think about what role they should be playing in our society because it's I think I've said this probably in multiple podcasts. It's undeniable that nobody likes a cop behind them when they're driving. If there's a cop behind you and you're driving and you look in your rearview mirror and you see a cop, nobody likes that feeling. That alone is a red flag. We should feel safe. Yeah, you should be like, dang, hey, be like, he's, oh, he's my uh, escort right now. No one's going to be riding my ass, but then they ride your ass twice as fucking much because they're running your plates. Right. Right. It's a problem. So, yeah, I mean, I know that sounds maybe uh, utopian, not to overuse a word, but I do think that that's a red flag. We should feel safe when a cop is behind us. It should feel safer than the general population. It should be like, huh, good. Like you said, somebody's not riding my ass. Or 
you know, oh, there's not some drunk asshole behind me. Oh, thank there's God. Not... Superman or, like, Spider-Man is here. Right. Like, you it know? should be heroic. <laughs> like when you see the fire department. You're like, fuck yeah. They're here. Yeah, we they're pull over and get out of their way so they can go type of shit. Like, yeah. Right. Like, we imagine that would be awesome if we could work up to have some form of police that where when they're going in the road, we just pull over and let them go. Like, you know, if they earned that amount of respect. But, like, we're so far on the opposite spectrum where, like you said, they're running your plates. You're driving perfectly fine. You have your everything's up to date. You're insured. You never broke a law in your life, maybe. And they're still riding your ass, running your plates to see if you do have a record. Well, these, these, if you, you do, see, if these, is this vehicle stolen? These windows or, are too tinted. These look too tinted. These vehicles, these windows, these aren't factory yeah, tint. This is not factory tint. Yes. Some fucking bullshit. If they don't get you for anything else, they get you for something else. Dystopian society. We brought that up a few times. That's what it sounds like. It's interesting because I googled dystopian society and it's a fictional. Oh, it's so interesting that that's the top, top. That's how they describe it on Google. Even huh? It's a, it's a fictional society. Mm. A dystopian society is a fictional society. Mm. Mm. It seems like oh, it's impossible. That's like saying communism is fictional. Because remember, everyone would only tr- get to a level of socialism because absolute communism is impossible. There will always be those who end up having more control than others. And you're not equal in that system. Yeah. Anyways, it's a fictional society, right? That imposes a harmful, oppressive, and miserable existence upon its members. It's the opposite of a utopian society. And then, you know, I just go down. People also ask, and five characteristics of a dystopian fiction. Of course, they call it fiction. But these are five characteristics that must be there. Government control, environmental destruction, technological control, survival, loss of individualism. Do you feel those characteristics? Well, I mean, it's interesting because here in America, we have it fucking great. A lot of us, not all of us. But a lot of us do. I do. I have a good life. I have the freedom to even sit here and have this conversation. I have the access to internet. I have food in my belly and water in my cup and electricity to make all this happen. I mean, yeah, my life is great. There's a lot of people in our country that don't have a lot of those things that I just said, though, to where it does make you kind of wonder, hmm, well... That's something to consider, but then when you go back and talk about the Uyghur people in China and what's happening there in Xinjiang, Xinjiang, that city, after watching that, it's like, oh my god, that was V for Vendetta. Mm -hmm. This is a utopian town, society, right here strict government control strict surveillance police everywhere you cannot record you cannot interview people without the government approving it there's checkpoints every like couple, 500 feet or something yeah yeah like a couple that. hundred yards you go said, through like yeah. metal detectors and like they check your paperwork and should make sure you you actually are this person yeah and that also you and people will be like well everyone should know who everyone is all the time right and it's <laughs> 
it's just this idea that like you're getting scanned in every 500 feet and searched and you have any weapons on you and no you never don't talk about anything if you talk about this at all we will fucking you don't know right you people you know if you notice they disappear around here like whoever's listening now like think <clears throat> about the fact that you could leave your house right now and go for a jog i mean if it's nighttime you may or may not want to but if it's the daytime you could leave your house right now and right. you can go for a jog and you can film you know pretty much anything you want without breaking into somebody's property or like a business or something but you could walk down the street go for a jog film yourself talk about whatever interview whoever um you it, in, okay but that alone you can't do in this specific town and many other places that are considered dystopian and then another thing like an example here would be if you were to leave your house and go to the grocery store which is only like a mile away from your house but to get there you had to pass through three checkpoints and then to get into the grocery store you have to pat through, walk through a checkpoint and the checkpoint consists of a facial scan and running your bag through and it's so it's beyond security right it's beyond protecting the common people it's extremely strict wait hold on i feel incredibly disrespected lila's snoring all crazy can you hear it yeah to the listener watch we're gonna get a zoom in on that shit <laughs> anyways anyways <laughs> wow she's too much but in the best way yeah, yeah it, i was just saying that i was trying to draw a comparison of how it would be here or how if if you could imagine it the, the security is just so so tight so strict and it's scary to think that anything is possible i mean america is still an experiment it's still going we don't i mean i want to hope and believe and have faith that we're gonna pull through and really be the big brother that we want to claim to be and be like the good free country where you can freely express your religion and freely express your opinion without somebody pulling a gun on you um right or sending you to a re-education camp right because you know it seems like lately if that were the way we were doing shit around here, people would gladly say, yeah, you need to go get re-educated to the American Confederacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are comparisons I'm drawing, too. Yeah. It's scary. It's important. It's almost like the reason why these things are important, too, to look from the outside perspective of another, you know, uh, nation or, or whatever you want to consider, like, another part of the world, basically destroy part of culture from a type of people from an outside perspective you can see it clear as day but when you're in the middle of it it's not the same so it kind of helps you put into perspective as an american where do we stand with our own stance you know where where do we stand in our own between you know what i'm saying like like we did it with the native people that were here we already said it yeah we we did the exact same thing that they're doing now we did it when we got here and colonized this land and we said the native americans we do not care what religion you practice we think that you are less than us and we think you should be you know x y and z which is crazy It seems like with with those types of uh, governmental 
like controls in place to it's it provides multiple barriers to not slip through the cracks like you know multiple filters to keep uh you know actual novel thinking from occurring and being spread and shared amongst peers and society you know yeah that's how we create great innovation that's how we move forward that's how we develop and exhibit freedoms based on those developments you know but anyways I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. I think that we're going to wrap it up because it's getting late. And uh, there's just always more to talk about. We'd love to go on for hours, but this is a good stopping point. I'd recommend you go and check out that documentary that we referenced. It's a Vice documentary. Uh, Tyler, if you want to say your goodbyes and I can pull it up really quick to just remember what it was called. Yeah. So what did we learn tonight, folks? What did we learn today? What are the five characteristics of a dystopian society, which is always references fiction on Google for some reason because it's only been references in fiction. But that's interesting because it seems kind of similar to some ways of governmental control in the modern world. These five characteristics are government control, environmental destruction, technological control, survival, and loss of individualism. Sounds kind of familiar, sadly. Allison, you got that? Yes, I have it. It's a uh, link. The YouTube video is called China's Vanishing Muslims Undercover in the Most Dystopian Place in the World. Yeah. Look up Vanishing Muslims China. And then the follow-up video for that is how China targets Muslims for, quote, re-education camps and spies on their families. So this is really happening. It's not a conspiracy. And not to take away from all that, but it was very interesting in that documentary because the girl from Vice was British. Mm-hmm. And she was getting hassled by some government officials and they were about to like like send her away for all she felt or make her like go to like you know send her to jail there or something for possibly uh being too invasive with their journalism essentially you know uh and who was this head of head of security that deleted a bunch of their files he was also british and english speaking yeah, they said that all China. these cops came up to them and they were all speaking Chinese, but then more and more came and they're all speaking Chinese, but then the boss came and he was British with the heavy English accent. Or he spoke English uh, with a heavy British accent, uh, she said. What are you doing so, now? No, that was Australian, but still. Pip, pip and all that. Yeah, <laughs> cheerio, mate. Hey. I mean, it's terrible what's happening there, so it's just trying to find a way to figure out, you know, how we can just talk about it. No doubt. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Austin, for being here. Of course. Till next time. Symbiosis. Nah. America's public enemy number one. <laughs>